Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is sponsored by Libro FM. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers across the country. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks the best local booksellers. Listeners of Book Riot can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm, L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code B-R-3. That's Libro.fm, B-R-3. As a bonus, sign up now and get five free audiobooks delivered to you on Bookstore Day, a one-day national party that takes place at bookstores across the country on Saturday, April 27th. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, our favorite place to talk about romance novels and things related to them. And I am back. I am Jess. You probably wanted to know that first, but I am back and I'm so happy. (laughs) I am Trisha and I am also happy that you are back. We had a great time with Andy last week, but it is always wonderful to get to talk with you again. How are you, Jess? I'm doing all right. I um, have a lot more free time now, um, and I am happy to see it. And it was a delight to actually listen to you talk to Andy um, last time. And now I understand all of you who tweet at me about your TBRs exploding, and I'm so sorry because I feel that very much as well. You know what? I feel like we can pretty safely blame that on Andy this time around. So, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks a lot, Andy. Thanks a Come lot, on. Andy. <laughs> Speaking of the recommendations that um, that she was uh, very generously gave us last week, we're obviously just giving her a hard time, but she did give us some fantastic uh, erotic romance recs. And we had um, one of our listeners make a comment in the comments on that episode um, to tell us, it was Paige who has commented a few times before. She's It's always super fun to hear from her. Uh, and she mentioned uh, an Alicia Rye book, Hurts to Love You, as an erotic rec. Uh, favorite of hers. And I could not believe that between Andy and I, neither of us thought of Alicia Rye as we were (laughs) wrapping that list up. But uh, of course, as we have mentioned before, Alicia Rye um, is a wonderful erotic romance writer. So feel free to find her stuff as well. Um, We had a couple of other follow-up things that we wanted to check in from there. We had uh, someone uh, else was commenting on the, um, Serena, who commented on the post as well, mentioned um, that Longshot definitely needs a content warning. That's the book we talked about last time by Kennedy Ryan. And actually, we talked about a couple of episodes ago as well. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think this might be a situation, because I read her comment as sort of implying that it hadn't had one, which... I, is maybe a misreading on my part. If it is, then then that's on me. But I went back and checked, and there is a content warning on Longshot. It's not super specific. So I could mm. see somebody reading it and not quite realizing the exact nature of the content that might be um, difficult or, or troubling to some readers. I could also see someone mm-hmm. not necessarily recognizing the extent to which um, the abuse was going to be detailed in the book. So 
you know, I thought that was an interesting point because one of the things that Andy and I didn't really talk about is specificity related to content warnings. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if you have thoughts on that at all, Jess, but it was something I definitely wanted to mention. Well, um, that's a, an interesting thing to mention, especially with specificity, um, because there are like, I'm looking at the note for Hookshot, which I um, started reading. And if you read Kissing Books, you know, I did not finish reading it. Um, And it says parts of it, Hookshot tells the story of one woman's healing journey. Parts of it, while not graphically depicted, may prove sensitive for some readers. And um, I probably glazed right over that brief paragraph because it does not mention childhood sexual abuse or anything like that, which is one of what the healing journey is in part about in this book. Um, And then I think about authors like Zan West and Talia Hibbert, who very clearly say, this is what's going to be in this book. If you don't feel comfortable reading that, you might want to skip it. And I remember you and Andy talking about that um, in in the last episode, um, where there are people who very who go into detail about exactly what content their warning is about. And I appreciate any kind of content warning, um, but sometimes specificity is good um, because while it might be considered a spoiler for some readers who don't like to know anything before they go into a book, it's definitely helpful for someone who wants to go in a book and enjoy it and then suddenly can't. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think I would still definitely recommend Kennedy Ryan's books, but I do think there is a maybe above average, even for a content warning level of difficult content in those books. So it's, it is worth, you know, keeping that in mind if you are thinking about reading those books or really anything else. Absolutely. And yeah, I definitely recommend Kennedy is an amazing writer. Like she knows how to put some words together. Um, Oh yeah. But just, you know, if, if there are certain things that are hard limits for you in books, it's good to know about them going in. Absolutely. Uh, We also got some very helpful um, recommendation or not recommendation so much as insight from, uh, I will just use Lindsay's first name. Um, Lindsay sent us a note because I had mentioned that I didn't know how other genre book awards, I should uh, take one step back. So when we talked about the readers and talked about the judging of the readers, one of the things that we mentioned was that uh, they are that if you enter a book into the competition, you are then responsible for helping to judge the competition, um, which makes sense in some ways because there are so many books that get entered, but it's also, you can, you can see how having the applicant pool also be the judging pool could be problematic really quickly, particularly if folks are reading and judging books that are not in the subgenre in which they write. So anyway, Lindsay um, mentioned that, you know, as far as the Hugos go, uh, eligible voters are Supporting and attending members of that year's Worldcon, which moves around every year. This one's in Dublin. The ballot in each category is selected from works nominated by the eligible voters, and the winners are voted on by the eligible voters, and the voting uses Australian preferential voting or instant runoff voting. Uh, And I meant to do a little bit more research about what instant runoff voting is, but I forgot. So you can Google it. Um, And I also read this email a couple of weeks ago, so I'm I'm a little behind. But he um, also mentioned that the Nebulas, our eligible voters, are members of SFWA, which is essentially the professional writers. Uh, The ballot in each category is selected from works nominated by the eligible voters, and the winners are voted on by eligible voters using first-past-the-post system, which is traditional voting. Um, So it's it's a little bit different from the Rita's, but as Lindsay pointed out, um, with both of these awards, people can and do withdraw their book from the ballot after being nominated. So there has also been, uh, as Lindsay pointed out as well, some, well, a fair amount, particularly with Hugo's, of sort of scandal and consternation. I don't, I mean, I don't know how to put it. It's not my field, so I don't want to get too much into it, but there has been some real uh, issues with representation in those awards as well. They seem to have turned a corner a bit, um, but it's been the Sad Puppies group, which was a a bigger deal a while back because, you know, there have been issues with those awards as well. So it is worth noting that um, 
the readers are not alone, even if they are alone in sort of how their voting structure works, they are not alone in having had some some problems with the way that things have shaken out. Um, but Lindsay pointed out that both awards have become much more friendly to diverse nominees in recent years. Uh, so, you know, that is worth knowing that maybe folks can come back around on that. Yeah, and the um, the Hugo finalist list this year is sort of a masterclass in what the readers could be. <laughs> um, I actually haven't read a lot of the books that are in the Hugo nominated list this year because they're very long and I have like half of them and go, I should read that. But oh, look, a romance. But one of the related works nominees is Archive of Our Own, um, which, if you know, is an, an entire website dedicated to fan fiction. So that was just very exciting to see because when I do read outside of romance half of the time, <laughs> it's there. We know how you feel about fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that is a, it's a, it's a very exciting uh, situation. So yeah. And like you said, I think it's a good sign for theoretically where romance could go. Yeah. It's, there's so much, the reaction that I got to look at, the responses were, wow, this is an amazing list. And then people who were probably part of the sad puppies group were like, what is this? This is trash. And it's like, welcome to the new era. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it is also worth noting that uh, Jen, our fantastic sound editor, was nominated for a Hugo this year, and we are very, very excited for her. I should have checked to see what exactly she was nominated for. I feel really bad. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> uh, but if we have a minute throughout the podcast, I'll take a look and see. I just figured it was for generally being great, but I don't know if that's a category. I wish it was because she would win. Yeah. So feel free to to check her out on um, Twitter. And it's at Loop Delu, and you can see more about that. But anyway, huge congratulations to her. We're super excited to have her on board with us. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. What other follow-up did we want to make sure that we did? We had a whole list. It was one of those weeks. There was a lot going on here. Well, one thing was that in part in reaction to all of the conversation that happened after the Rita finalists were announced, a new book club emerged on Twitter. And it was just like, all of a sudden, Courtney Milan says, who wants to read all of these books together? And suddenly there is Romance Sparks Joy, which has its own Yay. website, it has its own Twitter account. And yes, we know it does spark joy. And we are excited about it sparking joy, particularly with the three authors of color who were finaling, who finaled, I can't English today. Um, who finaled yes. in the readers? All of those seem right to me. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think you're good. Okay. So um, they are currently in the middle of Bad Blood by M. Malone. Um, and I did not check to see what the next one's going to be, but there are only three. So they are reading one per month for the next few months. And you can follow them on Twitter and check out their website. Yeah, that is, that's very cool news. They are doing, and I think they're doing them in the order. I think it's uh, Nisha Sharma's book is next. And then Kennedy Ryan, which we were just talking about. Uh, Longshot is the one after that. The um, Nisha Sharma book is called My So-Called Bollywood Life. So I'm pretty sure that that is the May pick. But like you said, Jess, we, people can find them on Twitter and follow along as they like. And speaking of fun and delightful things, uh, Book Riot actually has a new genre podcast that you might be very excited about. It is called Kid Lit These Days. It is hosted by the wonderful uh, Karina Glazer, uh, along with Matthew Winner. Um, Karina is wonderful. She um, has a book series out already. She's been writing the Book Riot Kid Lit newsletter for a long time. Um, she It's called Kids Are All Right, by the way. You should also sign up for that. And I have listened to a couple of episodes of this show, and it's a really wonderful combination of both great book recommendations that are fun and a little bit outside of my wheelhouse, but also they talk about a lot of the really interesting and serious intersections between Kidlet and how kids are influenced in schools and by libraries, uh, by what they're reading and serious issues like immigration and uh, hate lay speech toward uh, Muslims and, you know, just those sorts of things. It's a really interesting conversation. It's a really important conversation. So 
I uh, would recommend that you check that out if you've got a minute. It sounds pretty cool. I I wish I listened to more podcasts, but I hardly listen to ours. I love the (laughs) fact that I love the fact that we do it together because that means I get to listen to one every two weeks. It's true. It works out great. Yeah. And I, uh, I always listen back when I'm doing the show notes and uh, boy, I think I've said it before, but there is nothing more humbling than not listening to the sound of your own voice, but listening to the words that you have selected for better or worse uh, in podcasting. <laughs> all right. Well, so these are all very helpful and important things. And also maybe it is time for us to thank a sponsor. I think it is. Thank you to BookCon for sponsoring this episode. Want to add a little more romance to your life this summer? Then you have to attend BookCon June 1st and 2nd in New York City. BookCon is a celebration of storytelling packed with romance authors you know and love and new ones to discover. Uh, Have your book signed by E.L. James, author of Fifty Shades of Grey and the new book The Mister. Uh, Tessa Dare, Nicola Yoon, Cami Garcia, and more. Meet up with other book lovers, snag copies of books before they're released, and explore this event packed with bookish goodie. Check out their Facebook or Instagram, BookCon, or Twitter at TheBookCon, because you always got to change it up somewhere, <laughs> and see what's happening on June 1st and 2nd in New York City. Maybe someone had already taken BookCon. Maybe they had to be TheBookCon. We don't know. Maybe. I mean, I that happens. I'm not going to say. Yeah, they, maybe they decided and instead of going underscore book underscore con, they would become the book con. <laughs> the book con. So I don't know. It's a helpful suggestion for those of us who are thinking about how to move forward with our social media presences, Jess. Indeed. All right. So we have uh, some other fun news that actually came out a couple of weeks ago, but that we didn't have uh, time to talk about when... I was on with Andy, uh, which is great because now you and I get to talk about it. And that is that this August 17th will be the first annual Romance Bookstore Day. Uh, so we, I think we, it's relatively new, so we don't know exactly what that means yet. But the website, which is bookstoreromanceday.org, or you'll find it in the um, show notes as well, we'll link to it. Um, but Bookstore Romance Day is a day designed to give independent bookstores an opportunity to celebrate romance fiction, its books, readers, and writers, and to strengthen the relationships between bookstores and the romance community. So if you are part of a bookstore and you'd like to participate, feel free to to click the link there. Um, And if you are a bookstore that, you know, doesn't carry romance, maybe this would be a good time to start. Absolutely. And that's been a conversation that has been happening for a while. I know, I think, um, Jen Reads Romance on Twitter started a whole map of bookstores, independent bookstores, used bookstores, non non big box bookstores, basically mm-hmm. um, that are that both carry romance and are actually friendly to romance readers because there are some who might hold it begrudgingly because they sell, um, but there are others that really embrace their community. And it's always good to celebrate those people and give them a high five and thank them for what they do and hope that more people will join them. Yeah. And I was taking a quick look at who is doing like sort of the who are we behind uh, Romance Bookstore Day, which you'll be able to do too, because we'll link uh, to romancebookstoreday.org in the show notes. And it looks like (laughs) it's a variety of folks who are um, working or at least affiliated with somehow or other uh, a variety of different independent bookstores. There's at least... 10 or maybe 12 people here um, listed, which is cool. So I think it's a really cool idea. I will be super interested. Um, Currently, I'm cautiously optimistic that folks will get involved. Um, Hopefully, a lot of bookstores will get involved and hopefully a lot of readers will show their support as well for something like this. Um, But it was a little bit of a, between this and the fact that, uh, as Jess knows, I'm, so I'm traveling at many of you probably know that too by this point this year. And so I'm currently in Charleston, West Virginia, which is a really cool city. They have maybe one of the best bookstores I've ever been in, which is a bookstore called Taylor Books. It would be uh, possibly a perfect bookstore if only it had a romance section, which it does not. Mm. Um, It's, you know, it's a really progressive bookstore. They're highlighting a lot of books, you know, from different voices and uh, representing different perspectives. And so I had been thinking um, over the course of the last couple of weeks, because I've been there more than once, it's possible I was there today. (laughs) Uh, And I was thinking about maybe asking a little bit about why they don't have a romance bookstore and what I would recommend to them. And it is 
it's an interesting question. It's one that I sort of posed to Jess a little bit earlier today. Um, and then she had to work all day. So she maybe didn't have a lot of time to think about it, but what, what are the, if you could recommend to a bookstore that did not carry romance, but was open to it, you know, five, six, you know, whatever, some small number of authors or titles about where to get started, what would they be? So I've been thinking about that a lot lately and it, it gets complicated because you want to have, at least I feel like you should have a, a variety of different perspectives represented mm-hmm. and a variety potentially of subgenres, right? So you want to make sure that people of all different ages and cultures and ethnicities and races and uh, sizes and sexualities are represented, but you also want to have some paranormal and some historical and some contemporary and some comedic and some dramatic and so I don't know. I, I think I ended up with like 15 books to fit into five slots. Where did you, yeah. What were you thinking on this? Yeah. I was like, what, what do I do? Yeah. And you know, I'm actually really glad that you um, asked me this question because I had been meaning to think more deeply about this when a friend of mine who is a friend of one of the new bookstore owners for my favorite local indie was like, you know, you could probably ask them to like do a starter set. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I never followed up. So now I have been thinking about it and it was exactly that. It was like, how do, what, first, what are the big categories? And then what are the little categories? And then, (laughs) so. And then you have so many categories that you can't give, so you have to be like, okay, well now you just have to have a hundred books. Sorry, new bookstore. Absolutely. It's like, here's your starter set. I'll see you around. And the bookstore that um, I would give this recommendation to, which is Antigone Books in Tucson, Arizona, which is where I live. A lot of you already know this, so I'm I'm hoping no one will come murder me. And, you know, I've noticed going in there that they've started carrying books like The Wedding Date and stuff like that, that, that they can just insert into fiction. Because as we mentioned in our conversation about the new covers it kind of just slides in and nobody notices. Um, but then it was like, well, are the, are those the kind of books that I want to recommend them because more people will buy them and they will continue to carry them? Or do I just want it to be like, this is romance, bitches. <laughs> I kind of do, partly because part of my frustration with um, Taylor Books, which again, amazing bookstore, if you are in Charleston, you should go there. But my, is that they do have a like crime and mystery section and they do have a sci-fi fantasy section, but they don't have a romance section. So they have like all of these other, that, that's where I get frustrated. If a bookstore doesn't seem to have genre specific sections, I'm fine. Like, that's fine. You do you, like that's the way it goes. But if you do have those, and you don't have romance, then I gotta wonder why. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, and it's interesting talking about Antigone again because it's the my one of my touchstones is that it was previously owned. I don't know if any of the current owners, because it was just bought by three staff members um, after a long period of time being owned by the same people by queer people who had a very distinct section that included a lesbian section lesbian fiction it was called but the majority of the books in it were from bold strokes so they sell romance they just mostly sell lesbian romance (laughs) Uh, sure yeah so it's like well if they're fine selling that is it because that is the majority of the published work that is classified as women loving women or is it because those are the kind of stories that people want and they could shift that to all kinds of romance. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'll tell you what, I will talk to the people at Taylor. You talk to the people at Antigone. We'll see what we can figure out. We're going to do this. This is going to happen. Yeah. But I started to figure out like what my starter pack would be. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start with the historicals. Mm -hmm. So it started off great. I was like, okay, we need Courtney Milan, obviously, because Duchess War is maybe my favorite romance of all time. Also, I was like, all right, well, we got to have a Beverly Jenkins in there. So I went with Indigo because I feel like it stands alone really well. But then I realized if I limited myself to two historicals, you know, because if your starter pack's only like six books, then there was not going to be any room for Alyssa Cole's Let It Shine, which is probably my most recommended romance of all time. Mm -hmm. Because here, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but stick with me, Jeff. (laughs) Here's the difference between recommending a book to a friend or a colleague or someone's even like friend of a friend 
you can get a sense for what that specific person's interests are. If you're trying to tell an entire bookstore of people what romance they should read, you kind of have to have a spectrum and you can't sort of say like, okay, I feel like maybe Alicia and I might be a little bit, you know, sort of too much sex for you. So why don't you instead go with, you know, Tip Marcello or, you know, like whatever, right? But so then it got comp. So I was like, okay, well, I can have those three historians. But then what do I do for contemporary? I started with the kiss quotient, but then I was like, all right. But then maybe we add in the Anna Zabo Twisted Wishes series. Mm-hmm. But if we're in, you know, West Virginia, should we be talking about the Winston Brothers series from Penny Reed mm-hmm. or maybe uh, some of the Victoria Dull small town romance or but then I realized that I didn't have any like sci-fi or fantasy <laughs> or any romantic suspense. It got very stressful. So I was like, well, what? I don't. OK, I don't know. I don't know. I'm out. I, got, I, I can't do it. And this is why probably the whole bookstore does not carry romances because it's very hard. It's very hard. <laughs> So I stuck to your, like, what are the five books that you would start with? And I was like, okay. So the first thing I wrote down was actually The Kiss Quotient. Okay, we have one. Good for us. It's familiar to people now. You know, like, I was coming at this from a very logical, logical point of view. And then I was like, well, what would we categorize that? And I was like, well, is that a contemporary drama? Because it's funny, but it's not like Penny Reed comedic, right? So I made that my contemporary drama. And then I, of course, was like an extraordinary union. Absolutely. And then I was like, so that's my heavy historical romance, right? Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's also funny. Like, it's interesting to look at the things that I put on my fun and funny Goodreads shelf. Like I apparently just, I, I like things that I can laugh at, but be sad about at the same time. Um, so that was my heavy historical. And then I was like, but what, what's, I need something. It's not these like kind of really hard books. So then I was like, how about Samaya Rodell? So Duchess by Design, oh, it's fun. Yeah. It's a different time period. It's still set in the US. I just realized that my historicals are both US historicals, which is kind of funny. But you know, yeah. And I mean, there's still a Duke. He just comes to New York. Sure. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> sometimes Dukes travel. And you know, that's interesting, because that's definitely the like, hey, look, this is a a self-made woman who is just trying to get her life together and she doesn't have time for this Duke. So somebody's going to want to pick that one up, even if it is a mass market paperback with a lady in a pretty dress on it. Right. Sure. And then I was like, well, if I have a fun historical, I should have a fun contemporary. So that turns into Rafe because, Oh, I forgot about Rafe. Every bookstore should carry Rebecca Weatherspoon. And if you're going to carry Rebecca Weatherspoon, the one book you ought to own is Rafe. Even if you can't get the others, get the others, but Rafe. And then I was like, wow, this list is really, really straight. And also, I don't have a paranormal yet. So I was like, what is a good one that is a, an amazingly well-written book that people who go to independent bookstores will pick up and then shock the heck out of them, right? And that was... Wolf Song by T.J. Klune. Ah. And it was like, it's a male-male, coming-of-age, romance, werewolf story written by a man. <laughs> and it's it's like, I have to, this is the thing that I have to give to people. And it was like, I have to stop there. But I think this is a good cross-section of what romance can be. I'm so impressed that you actually like whittled your list down to five. I feel like I came up a little short on this, but I, you know what? I'm doing fine. Everything's fine. Good for me for trying. I salute you for trying. I'm a little, I'm sort of not surprised that we only had one crossover pick, but I'm kind of glad that like, that's kind of that we did. That there's one. So now we know everyone go read the kiss potion. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I was like, but Beverly Jenkins isn't on this list. What do mm-hmm. I do? And then I was like, Trisha will take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> and you were right. And I was right. I was so yep. proud. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well, we would actually really love to hear what all of you um, would recommend because, and actually sooner rather than later, because I'm not going to be in Charleston forever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it would be great to know what 
yeah, whether you're a bookseller or a reader or someone who just, you know, likes to listen to the Morning Romance podcast, whatever, how, wherever you fall, whatever uh, recommendations you would have for sort of what your starter pack for a bookstore of any kind would be that it was going to start carrying romance. Let us know because, um, you know, we might actually end up making some recommendations. So it'd be great to know what all of you think. Uh, and what do we miss? What did we get? What would you second, etc.? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I will look forward to hearing more of that. And in the meantime, uh, I will, we will do our second sponsor for uh, this particular episode. Uh, so this episode is also sponsored by Unscripted by Claire Hanscom. No one is a bigger fan of actor Thomas Cassidy than Libby is. Nobody. That's why she's totally going to marry him. She's going to write a novel, name the main character after Tom, and find a way to get it to him. Intrigued and flattered, he will read it and ask to turn it into a movie. Their eyes will meet over the script and fade to black. But with four interwoven lives in play, can anything be that simple? Thoughtful, quirky, and moving, Unscripted is a story of friendship and second chances, and it asks the question, how far can you take your dream? This book is described as a smart smart beach read. It is set both in the UK and in the US. It's great for fans of One Day, Juliet Naked, and One Day in December. It's inspired by the author's experience of fandom and love of the West Wing. The author is a longtime Book Riot contributor, so if Claire's name sounds familiar, that's probably why. She's also British, uh, and she is the host of the Brit Lit Podcast, a fortnightly show of news and views from British books and publishing. Also, I appreciate the use of fortnightly there. Um, we've got uh, Karen Tanaib. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, Corinne. Uh, the author of The Gilded Years says that with unscripted debut author, Claire Hanscom de- deftly turns the classic tale of a celebrity crush into a modern and transatlantic story that's original, emotionally honest, and a whole lot of fun. It is available now as an ebook everywhere. The link will be in the show notes. And the paperback is available in the US with free shipping from blackwells.com, which is in the UK. And in the UK, it's available in all of the usual places. So check out Unscripted. Uh, and like I said, the link will be in the show notes. So thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Yes, thank you. Hooray, Claire. Hooray. Uh, and... So we were going to talk a little bit, we were talking a little bit about what kind of books we wanted to recommend in this episode. Uh, one of the things that we talked about is that, you know, four months or so ago, we talked about the books that we were excited about that were coming out really early in 2019. Mm-hmm. I almost said 2018. I have lost track of all my years. <laughs> um, that's fine. Everyone's doing great. Uh, and we realized that, you know, there might be some new books that are coming out within the next, in the coming months and weeks that might be also fun to recommend. What do you got, Jess? Well, I'll tell you the. There are so many books. I I I think all of the books. I occasionally really hate romance. It's like yeah, I'm scrolling through. I'm scrolling through. I, f- I have to pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm just excited for romance. And like they're all coming out in the next three months. Like we thought it was a lot of books coming out in the first three months of the year. This is bananas. I know it's there. There are like seven books that I want to read coming out in the next two weeks, like not even summer yet. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I was like, okay, between now and my birthday, my birthday is June 19th. um, What is happening? And then, and then there was a notification about another book that I've been waiting for is coming out in early July. And I was like, can I fit that in there? I think I'm going to fit that in. Um, and I'll tell you the first book that I'm really excited about, and this will be no surprise to anyone, is Beverly Jenkins's Rebel. Yeah, and just looking at the cover of that book gives me absolute thrills and delight. It's the first book in a new series, so we get a brand new historical uh, fiction series from Beverly Jenkins. There are some familiar people because. This woman is amazing. I I have to wonder what her like historic Bible is like, because there are people from Henry Adams, which is the town in her contemporary series and the town in her first book. And those people meet up with other people who then have other series. And I would need that map with Charlie Day to really like fit all of the people. Yeah. (laughs) 
And it's, I didn't realize that there was that much overlap. That's cool. It's really cool. And every once in a while, I pick up a book from a different series um, because I'm still working my way through her backlist, too. Um, and it's like, oh, I remember this guy. He was in New Orleans with Sable in the Levesque series. And now this is a completely different series that takes place 20 years later. That's cool. Sure. Yeah. As happens. So I am really excited for yet another book by Beverly Jenkins to read which is May 28th, Rebel, by Beverly Jenkins. Because we're doing that thing where we mention the book's name. Where we say the name. <laughs> we're doing that thing where we podcast about books. <laughs> um, awesome. I am, uh, no one will be surprised by my pick um, either, my first pick either. Uh, we have, I think I maybe even in this episode have already mentioned the Twisted Wishes series by Anna Zabo and mm-hmm. Reverb is coming out May 6th. So by the time this, by the time this episode drops, you'll only have like to wait a couple weeks. You'll be set to go. Uh, and the description that we got actually just in a, a note today is queer rocker romance featuring a rock goddess, her bodyguard and an undeniable attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've been following along in the with Twisted Wishes series, it's a book about a rock band uh, and Mish, who is the bass player is the person who has not gotten her uh, book yet. So I'm really excited about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that there's a little bit, it seems like there's a little bit of an element of romantic suspense in this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mish has someone who is stalking her. She gets this bodyguard who uh, named David, who is quote unquote, a certified bad uh, word that starts with A. I'm really trying hard not to get another explicit rating on this podcast, so I'm going to let you guys fill in the blanks on that. Um, he's a uh, martial arts expert who can take down a man twice his size. Um, but uh, he is, and he's a trans man, so there's still some really great queer representation in this book. It's, I'm super excited. I, uh, It's possible that the email I got about it today included a copy of the book and <laughs> as soon as we finish podcasting this episode I will be reading it so like I said that's Reverb by Anazabo out May 6th excellent I cannot wait to sit down with that book either I probably won't for like a week and a half just because there's books coming out in April that I want to read yeah that's fair fair point but May 6th isn't that far into May I don't know we'll see what happens yeah yeah we'll see um it might happen this weekend you never know um one book that I'm excited about it's coming out June 11th so it's it's a little far out but um I've been looking at the cover of it for the past like three months and being like is it out yet is it out yet is it out yet is tell me how you really feel by Amina May Safi and it is young adult I think but it's older older young adult and it if you've seen the cover of this you remember it because it, there are two women not of white descent on the cover sort of staring down at each other lovingly and with one of them's hand is a little interestingly placed but you know i'm the, i wasn't in charge of the photo shoot and it is about a cheerleader and a wannabe director and they hate each other but uh the cheerleader might be the perfect lead for the wannabe director's senior film project Mm -hmm. and you know how i feel about that kind of thing I think we all have a pretty good idea about how you feel about that kind of thing at this point, Jess. <laughs> so I I have not picked up a YA novel since I finished working on the Rainbow Book List, which I feel like I mentioned was a, a list compiled by members of the American Library Station, American Library Association GLBT Roundtable of Books for Ages 0 to 18. Um, and that was a lot of reading last year and in early January and mid January and late January. Um, and I just sort of put YA on the back burner, but this is something that I'm really excited to pick up and probably won't talk much about on when in romance, because we have demarcated, um, romance for grownups but I really wanted to talk about this mostly because I, I need everyone to look at the cover. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. We will link to the book and its beautiful cover 
in the show notes. And you want to give us the um, name and author again, Jess? Tell Me How You Really Feel by Amina May Safi. Awesome. Speaking of things that are uh, Jess Pride trope tonight, uh, coming to you on May 2nd of 2019 is That Kind of Guy by Talia Hibbert, mm-hmm. uh, which includes a fake relationship, which I feel like maybe is a thing that you might be excited about. Um, she's uh, So this is the third in the Ravenswoods. Well, the third and a half, because um, there was sort of a novella in the middle there. Uh, it's, but it's, I guess, the full, third full-length novel in the Ravenswood series. Um, and Zach Davis is the brother of the hero from book two, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, and Ray, we met briefly in book two as well. She is the heroine. Um, this is a, there's a little bit of an age difference in this book. Ray is 40 and Zach is, I think, in his late 20s. Uh, Ray is divorced. She um, needs to attend an award ceremony, uh, but her ex is going to be there with his new wife. And so she's looking for a date of her own. And so she happens to uh, have a hot as hell new best friend, as it is described in the description, <laughs> Zach Davis. Um, and I'm just very, and so obviously he goes with her and, you know, we, I think we can all imagine what goes on from there. Although I think we're all also very excited to read about it. Um, and just the thing that I love about Talia Hibbert is that she treats her characters with such sort of grace and care. And you can tell that they mean something to her, even though they're kind of fictional because they are representative of people who um, are not fictional, who are real. And so I just really appreciate the thought and care that she puts into her, uh, the characters that she has. And I am very excited to read that kind of guy by Talia Hibbert coming to you May 2nd. I too. am very excited to read that. I actually like, I had to go on a, a Talia break because I realized I was not reading currently enough. So I sort of put Untouchable on a back burner. And then I realized that that was coming out. and was like, well, I guess I should start reading that. Yeah. (laughs) I want to catch up. I want to catch up. I mean, gosh, what a burden. What a burden. burden. It's so terrible. Um, Do you have a third, Jess? Because I do. So if you don't, I'll just toss mine out there. I do. Oh, well, then by all means. It was really hard. There are so many books. And I was like, what? What's the third? that I really want to talk about. And I'll tell you, it is an odd read for summer, but it is Goalie Interference by Avon Gale and Piper Vaughn. Um, it is coming out on June 17th, which is two days before my birthday. So I will probably read it on my flight to DC for the American Library Association annual conference. Because um, okay. I will not be able to wait. Um, and it is the second book in their hat trick series. The first one is Off the Ice, which they originally published, I think, with Riptide and then pulled and uh, it got a new home with Karina Press earlier this year. And I just I absolutely loved that book. I hadn't read the first version of it and got my hands on the Karina one and just devoured it in the course of a few hours. And I love these two authors working together. And I love the world they built with um, the characters in the first book. And I am really looking forward to this book, which features Ryu Mori, who was a favorite secondary character in Off the Ice. And it is also an enemies to lovers romance. So, hmm, interesting. Hockey players, goalies, you know, it's a thing. I enjoy it. I'm excited. Well, that is very exciting. Uh, and it is Goalie Interference, yeah? Goalie Interference by Avon Gale and Piper Vaughn. Awesome. And I don't have a lot to say about my last recommendation, except that I will 100% blame all of the listeners of One Romance for it, because (laughs) my last pick is uh, Sapphire Flames, which is the new book in the Hidden Legacy series by Alona Andrews. Uh, It's not coming out until August. It's coming out the 27th of August. But I was realizing when I was trying to figure out how to include more fantasy in my fake independent bookstore recommendations that uh, I would absolutely recommend this series. And with this book, which is the fourth book in the series, um, the uh, Hidden Legacy series 
transitions from Nevada, who is the narrator and the main character in the first three books, to her sister, Catalina. Um, Like I said, I'm not going to say a lot about this because even to tell you what uh, sort of magic Catalina has would potentially ruin the first will ruin a small part of the first few books of the Hidden Legacy series. So I would recommend picking that up now um, because you have a little time and you can uh, get caught up on the first three books. I read them in about six days, uh, all three of them together, um, when I was supposed to be spending quality time with my family at Christmas. Sorry, family. Uh, And this one is coming out, the fourth book. um, And there's a novella that precedes it. but um, So you'll have something to tide you over. But the book is coming out August 27th, and that is Sapphire Flames by Ilona Andrews. So that is mine. And I think in addition to those racks of books that you can't read yet, we're hoping to also give you some recommendations for some books that you could read. Absolutely. We were talking about um, the fact that last week included several sort of heavy, not always dark, but like... Like intense, like erotic, intense. Intense. That's a good word. Um, Yeah. Not particularly lighthearted books. So we thought we'd We'd um, toss out a few lighthearted reads. And as like I was saying before, when I was listing my bookstore romance uh, starter kit, I seem to be attracted to books that have heavy content, but keep you smiling and laughing throughout it. And- yeah, for what it's worth, I think I would actually describe the kiss quotient as romantic comedy. But now I'm, you've had me thinking about it for the last half hour. So I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Like, I, it's hilarious. But it's like, it's kind of serious. Is it? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's completely my skewed record recognition of what is funny because i was looking at i have a goodreads list called fun and funny um a goodreads tag and i was scrolling through it and i have things like sinner by sierra simone and syncopation (laughs) and it's like okay so i laughed at some point through those but they weren't particularly fun (laughs) so anyway um so thinking about that my first book that i have talked about far too many times in other situations, but I'm just going to mention again. And it is a novella in a longer series that I think stands alone. Some people don't. And that is Can't Escape Love by Alyssa Cole. Surprise, surprise. Alyssa Cole mentioned more than once on sure. an episode of When in Romance. Happens. Um, and that is... That takes place between the second and, well, actually at the same time as the second full-length novel in her Reluctant Royals series, Um, but it's completely separate from the royal part. It is the twin sister of the heroine in A Duke by Default, (laughs) and I I just read um, A Duke in Disguise. So, oh, sure, yeah. And then there's mm-hmm. Duchess by Design. So I'm like, which D and D is that? Um, and it, um, it's just, especially if you happen to be on the farther end of the nerdy scale, it's just so delightful and wonderful to read. And it's a book about a woman with a disability who doesn't let that get her down. She does what she wants. She lives on her own, and her only problem is she works too much and can't sleep. So she um, contacts a person whose um, live streams she used to enjoy and said, I will pay you to record your voice so I can go to sleep. (laughs) And all of a sudden, there is a romantic story happening. And it's just, it's very brief. Well, not very brief. It'll still take you a couple hours to read it. But it's just, it's so delightful. And I was smiling throughout the whole thing, even at the low moment. So it's like, it's probably the fluffiest read I will ever recommend. <laughs> well, I think that's lovely. The fluffiest read you will ever recommend. That's This moment has passed, Jess. You've just recommended the fluffiest read you will ever recommend. No more. Um, and my, so my rec, my first rec is similar in its lightness in that there's, yes, of course, tension and drama and 
I will confess I'm about halfway through this book. I thought it was out already. I'm sorry, it's not quite out yet, but it's close. <laughs> uh, it's a book called The Key to Happily Ever After by uh, Tiff Marcello, and it is coming out in May, I think the second week of May. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a, it's, it's a book that might, um, it's coming out May 14th. It's a book that might be for some, it's kind of more on the contemporary fiction part of the spectrum as opposed to straight up romance. Mm -hmm. Um, Tiff has written actual like specific genre romance, but this is, this is one of those uh, contemporary fiction with romantic elements kind of books. It's about, Uh, yes, yes, it's about three sisters who are uh, running a wedding planning business. Uh, Actually, uh, those of you in the DC area will pick up on some of the different neighborhoods and places that she talks about because it takes place in the greater DC area. Uh, And it's, it's a good I, I really like that balance of the romantic relationships exist, but the relationships between the sisters are also really important. Um, I think a good romance doesn't rely just on the romantic relationships in order to make it work. And so this takes it a little further. Cause like I said, it's not um, fully genre romance, but it's good to see. You can see, especially in the early chapters, how the oldest sister and the younger sister both have their perspective and it makes sense, but it is still in conflict, right? It's one of those things where the, the perspective makes sense to the person who has that perspective, but the person who does not have it can't really see it at all. So there's just some really good and interesting family tension and um, navigation, and they're trying to run a small business. And so there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. And it's not, I was a little afraid that this book was going to be like super in on all of the weddings and have a lot of details about the flowers and the cakes and whatever. It is not that book. So even if you like, I am a little burnt out on weddings, you will still very much enjoy uh, the key to happily ever after by Tim Marcello. You'll especially enjoy it when it comes out on May 14th. So <laughs> pre-order it now and be excited. Sorry. I really thought it came out in April. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it happens. Book the books. It's like, there are books that I definitely thought were out that I just hadn't gotten to yet that are coming out in June. Like it's, it's bad. These things happen. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Another book that is out right now that I actually just mentioned is a Duke in disguise. I think I mentioned that one. I mm-hmm. might've called you it did. something else. Um, <laughs> uh, well, and, we'll get it right this time around. And Cat Sebastian can stretch you out with her characters, but also make you smile and laugh. And I love all of the books that I've read by her. And this one is um, no different. It, it can, it is the second book in her most recent series, um, but it actually takes place before Unmasked by the Marquis. So you can read it in whatever order. Um, there's just a mention of it in the epilogue or the last chapter, whatever the the final bid. Um, and this involves um, an illustrator engraver and the bookseller slash printer that he's basically been in love with for absolutely ever. And she inherited her father's bookshop and printer and really wants to figure out how to a keep her brother from being hanged for sedition um, and (laughs) keep her bookshop afloat. But people are buying the pamphlets that her brother writes, the seditious pamphlets. So that's basically what's selling right now. It's a real challenge. It's a real challenge. So she decides um, a good thing to do would be to just start printing dirty books because those are the other thing that sell sedition and sex, the things that sell. Now we know. <laughs> so <laughs> she um recruits Ash to do the illustrations for the for the volumes of the novel about um a British imposter and his sexual adventures. So. They are working together on that, but Ash is also getting some other employment from the daughter of a duke, and she thinks he looks familiar, and it turns out he is familiar because he's her nephew and is therefore the grandson of a duke, and therefore probably going to inherit. 
And that is where things get messy because he doesn't want to do that. I mean, I would have guessed that they were messy at sedition, but I guess not. (laughs) So, you know, like he just wants to be drawing his pictures, loving his favorite person from afar because he knows that she isn't interested in marriage or love or anything like that. You know, he's seen her with her one sexual partner that she's had, um, who was a woman. So Cat Sebastian will write a male female romance, but it doesn't have to be straight. Um, sure. And it's just, there's so much happening that like feels like it's really stressful, but it's so delightful at the same time. And these people, you want to knock their heads against walls, but you also want to hug and squeeze them and keep them safe. So <laughs> I've talked a lot about this book. I did not realize I had so many feelings about this book. Um, but it's a Duke in disguise by Cat Sebastian. Go read it. And then read all of her other stuff. And it's out now, which is great. And it's out now. You can read it. It exists. <laughs> well, and the other, so the other um, book I was thinking about, well, frankly, it was the other author I was thinking about when I was thinking about Light Reads is a, an author we've talked about named Tessa Dare, mm-hmm. uh, who writes historical romance um, with definitely sort of a comedic tilt to it. Not that she doesn't deal with serious issues because she does, but um, I was trying to think of which book by her to recommend. It doesn't matter. Go read all of them. Pick whichever one you want and you'll be fine. But the one that I will mention specifically is The Duchess Deal. It's uh, the first in the Girl Meets Duke series. The second is also out and the third is coming out, I believe, this summer. Um, But it's kind of a a take on Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Emma Gladstone is supposed to be selling a wedding dress and something happens. I think maybe the Duke was supposed to marry somebody and he backed out or whatever. It doesn't matter. So she wears it to the Duke's home to sort of say like, Hey, I'm out the money that I needed for this wedding dress and it's your fault. And so he says, okay, cool. Let's get married because he needs an heir. He's been uh, in some ways um, sort of scarred uh, physically by injuries um, that they get into in the book a little bit. And so he's kind of a, a he's kind of become a shot in people don't really talk to him. He's brooding and glowering and, you know, moody as a Duke sometimes is. Uh, And so he says, okay, well, I need an heir. You need the money for this dress. Let's just get married. And she's like, all right, fine. But then there's some rules. So she sets down some rules and um, you find out a little bit more about both of them. And it's just a really lovely, Tessa Dare has this kind of amazing way of putting people together in very bizarre circumstances but making the real building a relationship between them that feels very real and genuine. Um, mm-hmm. And her books are always, like I said, there's always a lighthearted aspect. There's always a comedic aspect, but they do deal with very serious issues and very real feelings. And I have always walked away from her books, just being sort of delighted by them in the end, even if there are some intense moments. So uh, like I said, you can't go wrong with Tessa Dare, pick up whatever book you want. Uh, but the Duchess deal is the first in her current series. And that is a book you can't go wrong with also. So there it is. Absolutely. And it's funny. I like wrote a couple little extra notes of like, if if I need to throw something else out. And the one that I wrote down was the governess game. Oh, hey. <laughs> and I was I almost recommended that one that I was pretty sure that we talked about it before. So I went with that's the, the governess game being the second book in this series, which is also wonderful. That one's great. There's two little kids in that one, too, which I'm not always a kids and romance person, but those two are delightful delightful <laughs> and so i i don't know if you had another one just over we should probably call it quits if not I, I think i think we can wrap up i think everyone's tired of the list already <laughs> hey you know what we're all doing our best um and by the way i did check and our wonderful uh sound editor jen is nominated for best fan cast um for the hugo awards so again huge congrats to her yay please do tell us what books we should be recommending to independent bookstores. Cause as you know, now from 30 minutes ago, Jess and I have our suggestions, but we would love to know what yours are as well. Any other thoughts that you have on anything else that we talked about? We always love hearing from folks. So you can always comment in the show notes, or you can reach me on Twitter at Trisha Haley Brown with no O or Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown with an O. And you can find me on Twitter at Jess's reading or on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. 
no underscore at the end. I will. That's very helpful. Thank you. 32 episodes in. Thank you for that clarification. (laughs) Um, But like I said, we always do like to hear from all of you. So let us know what you're thinking about. Let us know what you're talking about. And uh, I think that's it. Are we, we're set for the day. Yeah, Jess? I I think we are. We've, we've talked a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. Check out the show notes. You'll see how many things we talked about. It's going to be an epic (laughs) undertaking. Yes. Thank you, Trisha, for putting those together every time. Just doing, doing the people's work. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening and have a wonderful week. Absolutely. Happy reading, everyone. Happy reading, everyone.